Hello and welcome to the second edition of the Revamp Metals Meltdown podcast series. I'm Marcel Goldenberg and I look after metals methodology and pricing. Just to remind everyone, this refreshed version of the Metals Meltdown will examine and analyse current trends across the ferrous and non-ferrous metal markets. But today we will be speaking about longs and scraps, whilst next week we'll already have the next podcast, then focusing on flats. We have quite the panel with us today and I'm delighted to be joined by our four top longs and scrap editors in Europe with Pascal, Jamila, Erika and Wojtek, who are here with me in the studio today. Jamila, why don't we kick off with you today? Might tell us a little bit about what you've been seeing over the last couple of weeks and months in the Reba market. Obviously, prices have softened a little bit. And then maybe we can take it through them with uh, your colleagues and see how that's impacted the rest of the European market, really, on the, on the fairer side. Of course. Thank you for the question. Well, uh, the Turkish rebound market is not particularly in good shape right now for a series of factors. And uh, we have to look, obviously, demand supply at the moment. Demand is not quite there from Europe, North Africa and Southeast Asia. We know that China has flooded the market with a lot of rebuy long products at cheaper prices. They don't have to face the same production costs as the Turkish one. So the prices have slumped. And uh, Turkish meals are like lowering the offers day by day. What is happening is also that Europe was one of the main buyers that was actually contributing to support the Turkish rebar sales is now approaching the end of the quota. So we started off the year with 700,000 metric tons of rebar that could get into Europe. And right now we're just approaching nearly just above 100,000. So you do realize that by the end of January you might actually see less demand and less availability of rebar being imported into Europe. And after that, they might need to pay the tariffs on their exports. So Turkish mills now are trying to absorb and uh, contain the damage by cutting production. And uh, some mills are starting to do this in December dates and some others are holding on. And we're going to start seeing that in January dates. So when we have to pay the tariffs from what you hear in the market, it's about February time or when would you expect that we could hit that threshold? I believe January is going to be possibly the time where we finish the quotas. So that might start just as early as January. And we don't have any certainty for the renewed tariffs in 2019 because nothing has been decided yet. And we see this already affecting prices in Europe. And I believe Erica can tell us something about that. So, Erica, you look at um, Wirewatt in Europe, for example, and the quotas there have already gone, right? That's um, all over already. Um, what can you tell us about that and um, elaborate a little bit more on that in terms of what that means for Europe and the peripheral markets? Yeah, so I look at Reba and Wirewatt in Europe. The Wirewatt quota is not completely gone, but it virtually is exhausted now with only under 4% left. And um, maybe in the next few days that could come down to zero. So that market in particular is quite interesting. It's the one that's been burning out the quickest out of all the steel products under this safeguard measure. And a lot of importers say that's due to the fact that there's a shortage in the domestic market because a lot of the mills have invested in downstream processing because they found that to be quite profitable as well. So the best quality wire that the European processors need for their businesses is quite limited in the domestic market. So they're having to rely on imports from third countries. Although some um, mill sources have said that that's not the case, but that's up for debate. But as far as what we're hearing in the market, there's a shortage. So they've hardly been depending, especially on Turkey, for their material. And as a result, the quota is virtually complete. Now everybody's just waiting to see what will happen at this point. Will they continue to import with the risk of paying the 25%? Or will they completely fall back and wait for the European Commission to make a final decision in early 2019? 
that's quite interesting for the wildwood market. Everybody in the steel industry has been focusing on that market for a while. In terms of rebar, it's approaching the critical point, which is 10%. So as of today, it's at 10.5%. So again, in the next few days, it could reach that critical point at which importers will have to give a 25% bank guarantee for any imports, just in case they breach the quota. Right now, we hear tariffs, we hear import quotas being reached. And of course, all of that has an impact on the upstream market. Pascal, what are you seeing on the scraps? Obviously, prices have come down a lot there over the recent weeks and months. Well, I think we are $30 down just since October, at the lowest since about August for now for this year. So clearly, all of this is having an impact on the scrap market as well. What's the market thinking about this at the moment for the rest of the year and the beginning of Q1? Right. So as you know, Turkey is a massive import market for scrap. So it does impact global scrap markets in general. And also for ferrous scrap, exactly what Jamila and uh, Erika were pointing out, the production cuts in Turkey, the sluggish steel market plays a massive role. We served a wide range of mills and they were speaking about January cuts around 35 to 40 percent. Some mills, Iskandarian mills, were suspending or are planning to suspend production completely. So, you know, sort of our calculations show that around 35 percent of capacity for long steel products are going to be taken out compared to the beginning or to the middle of the year. So if we then assume that there's little replacement of scrap with billet or that there's no shift towards more domestic consumption, that would also mean 35% lower imports in January, which would be around 1.1 million metric tons, according to our estimates, as opposed to 1.7, for example, in, in October. So, um, you know, you have a deep sea cargoes of around 900,000 to 1 million expected in January, which is down quite a lot from normally 40 cargoes that are bought, purchased by the Turkish mills to around 25 to 30 cargoes, which, as you can imagine, obviously has a huge impact on the price. Mills are now expecting much lower prices. They're targeting now 280, 290 we are about at 300 levels now, very close to our yearly low. So this is a big aspect that also obviously spills into other markets, into the subcontinent, into the domestic European markets, which all try to reduce their collection costs and bring down prices to basically supply into Turkey. And it is very probable that the first cargoes that will be sold into Turkey, maybe this month still, will be lost cargoes, which means that the US, Baltics, they might sell the cargo at a loss just to clear some of the material they have. So overall, the outlook for prices is continuing to be bearish. From October onwards, it has been like that. And uh, we don't see any positive upside for now during the winter season. But are sellers willing to go past that $300 mark just yet? Or is that something where we see a lot of resistance at the moment still? We do see resistance for sure, especially, as I said, uh, the prices dropped so fast that collection costs at scrap yards in Europe and the Baltics and especially in the US are much higher. So the current level in Turkey makes no sense for them financially. At the same time, though, other markets like the subcontinent, the Far East or even domestic markets don't have that capacity to absorb all that scrap. So some of them might be forced and they seem to be right now considering selling below their actual cost or very close to it. So it looks like mills at this point have more leverage to determine prices than the sellers who have lowered their offers continuously over the weeks. Thank you for that, Pascal. Now, 
Wojtek, you look after billets in Europe or Eurasia, I must rather say. Uh, you don't have any issues with quotas and that's not really impacting the billet market. What are you seeing generally from the Russian side, from the Chinese side? What's generally happening in the billet market? The Black Sea billet prices um, in the spot market are at the moment the lowest level in almost 18 months. And the market is still waiting for prices to bottom. And as Pascal said, the scrap continues to fall and there is talk about production cuts in Turkey. Billet isn't becoming a more attractive alternative for Turkish uh, buyers. On the contrary, it is only adding pressure on the billet prices. It looks like the last quarter of the year is much worse in the billet market than the previous three quarters. There are also some issues in Turkey and uh, in Egypt, two main buyers of billet from the CIS. So for most of the year, Turkey has been a pretty good buyer of semi-products, also slab. But uh, something has changed in the last quarter. The imports of semi-products fell dramatically in October. And uh, judging by uh, the trading activity we've seen during November and December, it doesn't look like the imports will recover. And uh, another issue is Egypt, uh, the market which is being affected by rumors that the government is considering to impose new duties on uh, steel imports. That would include billet and uh, also finished steel a measure to protect local steelmakers. People in the market say it could be anything from 8 to 15%, but no one really knows. Anyway, this uncertainty is uh, making buyers think it is better to just uh, wait and see what happens rather than buy now and uh, you know run the risk of paying the duty. So I think CIS mills are forced to compete in other markets outside of Turkey and Egypt with the billet, as well as rebar and, uh, and other products. I think they will be trying to gain a foothold in the Asian markets, maybe the Gulf as well, depending on what the Chinese steel exporters are doing in the, in the Asian markets as well. Thanks for that, Wojtek, and thank you all. I'm afraid that's all we've got time for today. But if you want to read more about our Ferris coverage or want to ask us a follow-up question to this podcast, please email us at the address provided in the podcast description or subscribe to the Platts Steel Business Briefing. Until next time, from your Ferris team at S&P Global Platts.